just almost forget where the recording button was i would just like everyone to know this so how is everyone how are you nicholas it was your birthday yesterday happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday dear nicholas happy birthday Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, how old are birthday, you? <laughs> Do you want to share? Uh, um, let's let's post it for subscribers only on Substack. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I did want to send you that Leonardo DiCaprio meme and then change um to whatever the age you are turning like haha don't turn blank you're so sexy. Because <laughs> he doesn't date people over the age of like 25. <laughs> uh, okay. But I didn't. I didn't. But I thought about mm. it. You can still do it. Or save it for next year. I'll save it for next year. But my, my friends in Brazil, there's one that they always send, which is um, Isma from The Emperor's New Groove. Oh my God. They sing like... I, they, 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 they sing the Brazilian song, you know, to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, every year they send me that. I love Isma. <laughs> Eartha Kitt voices her, doesn't she? She does. I don't know who voices her. It's Eartha Kitt, the legendary Eartha Kitt. And also, I wasn't going to say this. I thought about it. But then I was like, can I say this? Is it too mean? Too mean? But my grandma is not going to listen to this. My grandma looks like Isma. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one where I always send that picture to you guys. But I didn't send it this year. But I send it during New Year's with the champagne glass. She looks oh, like Oh yeah, I love that picture. She I don't remember like this picture. You'll have to send it again. I She's must. in a bathtub She's and she has like tub. champagne in her hand. Yeah. And there's like bubbles everywhere, I think, yeah. if I remember yeah. it right. She's an icon and she is a legend. She is. She is the moment. But going back, we digressed a lot, but how was it? Are you happy to be turning a year older? How's um, the vibe? Yes. There? Um, the vibe was good to start with, but then, um, later in the day, uh, one of our friends messaged us saying that they tested positive for COVID and we were with them like the day before. So we decided to not go out to eat (laughs) and stay at home and take tests. Yeah. So we took two tests each and they were both negative. That's great. So. Yeah. So I didn't do much. And then we just watched Harry Potter. Oh, no. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and was that great. good? Did you like it? What do you mean, Harry Potter? Yes. Do you have any, like, childhood memories of that? Like, associations? Or was, did it feel like a new thing? Are you thing? kidding me? Are you kidding me? I have so many. But we started, like, they just put all the Harry Potters on German Netflix. Oh, God. So... Out of like, you can see the top 10 movies in your country, right? Uh-huh. So out of the top 10, seven of them 
were in the top 10. Seven of the Harry Potter movies were in there. That's wow. insane. Yeah. But is it is a winter winter movie. I know, but it's like Yeah. I don't know. You don't you don't vibe? I don't vibe that much. I don't want to be like, mm, but it's like, come on, it's been so long. Like we've seen it so many times. But I guess people still but I like think, it. Yeah. It depends on if you grew up with it or not. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. I think there's a lot of young kids that haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think it's wild that like people are still rediscovering that. Like, especially with the like the controversy. The drama. What is the, the conflama? Co- Actually, when you brought the controversy up in the in the chat prior to this podcast. Yeah. I just played along with it and I was like, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. And I have no idea what you're talking about. What is the controversy? Oh my God, there's so much. That's why I have so many like negative sort of feelings about this because I did grow up with it. And then like when I looked back at it with like adult eyes, when I saw like people talking about it online, I was like, okay, let me look back at this that I haven't like read or watched in so long. And it was just so disappointing, like... It's so anti-Semitic at times with the whole like goblin um, portrayal. Um, it's just very mean-spirited. There's a lot of like fat phobia, um, transphobia. J.K. Rowling has like come out as like a super transphobic, like outspoken oh, person. So it just mm-hmm. makes me like really sad and uncomfortable. So I've, I've tried to like distance myself from um, that. This is such a downer. I'm sorry, but it's like it's not. It's just what's been going on. But did you experience that when you watched a movie, or did you just no see I that while like, you read about it? Uh, I saw it like because I was so young and I didn't notice. And this type of thing is so like ingrained, especially for me as like a cisgendered white girl. And it's like, and then I didn't know so much as a kid, and then I look back as an adult and I was like oh this is this is bad this is insidious and not mm-hmm. um great but of course I didn't notice when I was young but that's I don't know because of my own privileges I mean I would say that you can still like you can still appreciate these problematic things in a movie or sorry you can still criticize the problematic things in a movie while appreciating it you know like it's still it's still an amazing movie of course, of course, we have to acknowledge them, and it's good that you have, yeah. and it's good that you're bringing it up now because I actually don't give that much thought, like, about these issues when I'm watching Harry Potter. Yeah, I didn't so. used to either. Just like now, as like I grow a quote unquote grown up, I guess. But but yeah. maybe I should. It's just because I nothing in the movie offends me personally, like my my archetype. So yeah. I guess I never really saw all these problems yeah but i thought this was supposed to be the high the light-hearted part (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it was just hard to like because i see it all the time like on media and it's been talked about a lot because she's like actively jk rowling actively using her voice and her money and the fame that she gets from harry potter right now um to fund transphobic causes to fund hate everywhere i think it's just i don't know it's hard to like not talk about it because it's just everywhere um yeah yeah especially being a part of the lgbt community i don't know i mean childhood dreams 
crushed. <laughs> yeah. But speaking about um, appreciating yeah. uh, art, but yes. Yes, still yes. like recognizing its problems. For sure. Have you guys watched um, Emily in Paris 2? No, I Not haven't. Yet. I've seen screenshots. Uh, don't from spoil it. anything. Are you kidding me? I was hoping, like, uh, I was hoping we were gonna talk so much about it today. Oh no! I think maybe for the next for the next maybe episode. For the next episode, we'll watch Emily in Paris. I think it's yes. You know, I think it it has the vibe that it would be the same type of ridiculous of glee, like almost absurdist. So I feel like I need to watch it. It's very. I would. I would say Glee is a good comparison. It's like it's a very fantasy world. It's not yeah. really Paris. Let's be honest. It's like the, the stereotype of Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the only okay. I'm gonna give a little spoiler, if okay, that's allowed. I love spoilers. They improved. Oh, I like, saw that. I saw someone doing like a YouTube video on this. It was uh, Mina. No. Yeah, it was Mina. I just watched it before this episode, before <laughs> like before I met you guys or joined joined the. I I can't speak right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please go ahead. <laughs> Please forgive. For Please forgive. Um, but I haven't watched the video. I just saw it on my recommended page. But we'll we'll watch it and get back to you on that. Nice, but coming back to Harry Potter, it was yes. a really big part of my childhood. To be honest. Yes so big a part that I I met Tom Felton you in did? Brazil. Tom Felton is the guy who plays Draco Malfoy. <laughs> and you guys are going in for like this is so funny. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys how now. Okay. Tell us the story. Um was your so claim to fame about this. I'm so yeah. So, I'm so happy. I think I think I was about um, 14, maybe. Okay. And I like, I'm very pale and like light hair. They called so you I Draco at school. I stand out a lot in Brazil, I feel like. Yeah. Personally, I don't know if, if it's just in my head or not, but. No, it happens. Yeah. And then I, I would always be Draco for Halloween. You know, I had like the wand, the cape, the... <laughs> tie everything i did the hair slicked back with gel oh my and, god and this i looked was, a lot like like kid draco this was a formative experience for you yeah it's like my alter ego because you are <laughs> like i don't want to tie into astrology to it but as a capricorn yeah it's it's leather and vibes for sure oh i've always like the yeah. second Harry Potter is my favorite because it's it talks a lot about Slytherin. It's just my <laughs> my favorite Harry Potter movie. It's the second one. They have the best colors. The green, so flattering. The, I love it. I think that would be the only reason I would want to join Slytherin. But sorry, continue, <laughs> Nicholas. Continue. Yes. So when I was in like tenth or eleventh grade or something in Brazil, um, maybe even ninth grade. I don't know. They were releasing the uh, the last Harry Potter, Harry Potter 7 Part 2. Yes. And each of the actors, like the biggest, the main cast, you know, they were each sent to a, a, a capital of the world. 
and the one coming to Rio was Tom Felton. So one day, my friend uh, texts me and she's like, hey, I'm at the movie theater right now. And they have like this combo offer thing where if you come for like a week and you watch like every Harry Potter movie, like if you come to all the se the sessions, like the screenings for like seven days, you'll get a ticket to the premiere. That's crazy. Of the last movie. So you you watch, you go for a week, like let's say you start on Saturday, you watch the first one, then Monday, no, Sunday, the second one, Monday, the third, you know, and and then you watch for seven days. And then in the last day, it was the eighth day, the premiere. That's intense. Which was, wow. for those who know, at the Sugarloaf <laughs> in Rio, at the top of the Sugarloaf, there's like a venue up there. And the girls who get it, beautiful. get it. And the girls who don't, don't. But if you know the yes, sugar loaf. if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, if you don't know what the sugar loaf is, just Google it. It's a beautiful view. It's a beautiful city. It's like a really good place to throw an event. But uh, so I go there with all my Harry Potter friends and like who are also big fans. And we go dressed up. I go dressed up as Draco. We meet like uh, an MTV, like VJ, you know. Mm -hmm on the way up in the little <laughs> cable car. Oh my God. And then um, you probably know the celebrity, Bruno De Luca, Bruno De Luca from Rio. I, he, I fear I don't, but the name okay. is familiar. He's like a TV host type of okay. person. I don't really know what he does, but he was kind of <laughs> like hosting the event. Yeah, he's like a TV personality and mm -hmm. he was um, hosting the show. And he had this like red carpet and we were all there like behind the bars at the red carpet waiting for people to come in and for them to open the movie theater. And then Bruno De Luca is like talking to people at the audience, you know, with this red carpet thing, interviewing people, just talking to the fans. And then he looks at me and he's like, oh my God, you look exactly like Treco. It's crazy. And then I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know they all want to be me, but they can't. Yeah. And then and then that was it. They came in like the celebrities. Tom Felton walked in with his girlfriend and then we all sat at the movie theater. We were waiting and then there was some speech and blah, blah, blah. And then they were like, OK, we're bringing Tom Felton now. And then Tom Felton comes on stage and they interview him and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the interview, Bruno De, Bruno De Luca, the host, he he turns to the audience and he's like, where's that boy dressed like Draco? And then oh my all God. my friends. This is your all moment. My friends are like, he's here. He's here. <laughs> but unfortunately, there was a girl who was dressed like Draco as well, but she had a white wig on. She didn't that look like Draco bitch. at all. I was like the authentic Draco and she yes. was like a costume version of Draco. So we both came up. Copy. We both came up the stage. <laughs> And then, and then that was it. And then I hugged him. We said hi. <laughs> and then, and then I went down like crying. Oh my god! <laughs> As you should. And That's so cool. I think you can find that on YouTube. No I, way. If we can, I think you can see like half my head, maybe half of my head on the video <laughs> when that happens because yeah. it's from the audience, but. 
uh, I think I have the link. And if I find it appropriate, I will attach it to the next Substack post. Dude, you have the funniest slash coolest digital footprint. Weren't you once, I don't know if we can bring this up. I don't know if you want to, but weren't you once in a, like a soap opera? You were? For like Wait, an episode, what? like a short I moment. <laughs> I wasn't extra, okay? <laughs> okay, but still, that's still like part of your digital footprint. That is I so had, I, fun. I had I one that. line in English in Brazil, in a, in a novella in Brazil. <laughs> The Brazilian it was, soap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the novel. It was the novella um, America. It's called America about this uh, Brazilian girl who immigrates illegally to the U.S. So the the scene was set in the U.S. They were already there, and then she has a kid there, and the kid is like kind of American-ish. You know, he speaks English, he speaks Portuguese, and then they wanted a very American-looking kid to sit there at the shopping center because the little kid was lost. And then, um, and then they cast me, and my only line was to say, "It's over there," <laughs> <laughs> because the little kid comes and asks me something, and then I'm like, "It's over there." That was your but moment. Then, uh, the funny thing is, the, the funnier thing is actually that we arrived at this on the set, and they said, "Well, it's kind of weird that this kid is just sitting there without a mom." No. And then they point, they point at my mom and they say, oh, you kind of look like him. You can go, you go be in the scene with him. You kind of look like him. <laughs> and she was like, I, I, I am his real mom. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh my God. Can we find this online? Famous. I have tried. I, I'm hoping that they will like um, show it again on Brazilian TV because then because then it will probably yes. go on their like on demand streaming platforms. But and it then should I be on this. It. it should be on their streaming platform. I don't have access to it, so if you want to look for it, I don't have it either. I think you need to pay for that one, and my family doesn't. But maybe I'll do like a free trial just to get that one clip. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see that. <laughs> I want to see it so badly. I feel like I don't know you, Nicholas. I mean, You've been secretly it's... famous all this time. Yeah, I what? haven't. I really haven't. <laughs> but that's a great story. Oh, I have one more if you want. Oh yes, please. <laughs> About your being famous, more famous stories. No, I mean, it's it's related to famous people, but it's not about me necessarily. Like, it's not me that, who's famous. Okay, um, adjacent, fame adjacent. I mean. You'll see. You'll see. Okay. Okay. Uh, tell me. Tell some me. like the public relations of some artists, you know, they keep like these um, copies of autographed pictures, you know, they just autograph a bunch of them, or at least that's what I believe they do. But then one day when I was a kid, I was so obsessed with Emma Watson from Harry Potter that my mom wrote them an email being like, hey, my kid's obsessed with you, blah, 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 whatever. And then... <laughs> They answered with an autographed picture of Emma Watson and a oh little my God. note. Yeah. She probably didn't even see it. It was probably just her team, you know, but That's still cute. it was like, I don't know, it was just so nice. We have <laughs> so a good team. And then um, I don't know, a few years ago, like maybe three, three years ago or something. Um, my mom has this like this these family friends uh who are British. And they have a little kid, like a little girl. 
and she's obsessed with Emma Watson. And then my mom was like, can I give the fucking picture to her? And you were <laughs> and like, like, okay. No. <laughs> I was no. like, okay. <laughs> so we gave it to the little girl. Oh, that's sweet of you. That's nice. <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of like emotions attached to Harry Potter, you know? <laughs> yeah, a lot of formative experiences related to that. I understand. Have you done the test? Like which house you are in? I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't really believe in them. <laughs> no, it's just for fun though. It's nothing serious. I think, I don't know. I don't know which house it told me to be in. I don't remember. We're going to title Hufflepuff. Do, you do? I'm quitting the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're pre- no, we're going to press stop recording right now. <laughs> oh my god, ah. guys. I had some things to say actually. Okay. Um say them. Last last episode in the first episode, we talked about how my friend was coming to Denmark actually. Oh yes. And did he? What Yes, he did. And uh, we didn't do any of the suggestions you guys gave me. So thank oh. you. Wow, Nicholas. <laughs> wow. But I just wanted to mention, like, there is uh, the Victoria Tower, you know? Yes. Close to Potsdamer Platz. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that monument is actually, like, to celebrate the victory of the Prussian War or something like that. Mm -hmm. Against Denmark. (laughs) Well, Well, yeah. We found out about that when we went up there. And have you guys ever been up there? Like, have no. you been up the stairs? Dude, it's so, like, claustrophobic. It's, oh, oh, my God. And then you finally get up there. And then there's, like, barely any space for you to stand on. And it's just, like, oh, my God. Did he Sounds enjoy amazing. it? He really enjoyed it. I really oh, that's didn't. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but also, another interesting thing about that place is that there's a lot of, like, bullet holes, you know, like, on the monument. Oh. And they're actual bullet holes from the Second World War. Shit. Wow. It's, it's yeah. That's insane. Impressive. Crazy. History. Yeah. Um, I also just have, like, another stupid, silly fun fact. Very personal about Harry Potter, I can say. Okay. Which Let's is, when it. I was a kid, when I was a kid, I really wanted to play a character in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, in the movie. But you wanted why to be are you a child actor. I wanted to be a child She's actor. Rec- I think every kid wanted to be a child actor. And there and we were like, why didn't my parents put me to work? I wanted to go it's to just, work. I wanted just to, so we didn't have to go famous. to school. Yeah. Screw school. <laughs> but I I knew I was a kid and I knew that they were already filming. So I knew I couldn't be cast. Yeah. So I kept thinking that. In like, I don't know, 50 years or something, when they finally make a Harry Potter reboot, I'd play Lucius Malfoy. Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's planning ahead. That's that's a Capricorn that's kid. That's a long you know? con. Yes. And and then I even thought further because I was like, if the reboot is even later, I can just go for Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most Capricorn story you've ever told. I love these stories so much. This is amazing. Uh, I mean, that's why I decided to talk about Harry Potter. 
Yeah. And you know what? It was a good idea. Yeah. I try not to think of J.K. Rowling when I when I think of Harry Potter. You know, I try to separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have a favorite Harry Potter movie? Yes, number two. Number two. Yeah, and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. No, of course. I I mean I like I like a lot of them, but I feel like the one the the number two is really scary, actually. Mm -hmm. It's like and it's it was all the blood. All the blood, the voices and they're like saying, kill you or whatever. Yeah, that's a lot for a kid to handle. That's a lot. And they're like twelve in the movie or something. Yeah, I cannot handle that at twelve. But also in terms of like filmmaking. It's it's just so nice because it's in the beginning of the 2000s. Yeah. yeah. So they were still mixing a lot of like real life visual effects with digital visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's a really good, uh, how do you call it? Like characteristic of 2000s filmmaking in my opinion. Yeah. It's like the mix between the digital and the real life visual effect. Oh, I feel yeah. like the result is way better. Yeah. I hate Because then after… After like the fourth Harry Potter, it was all CGI basically, yeah. like most mm-hmm. of it. And then it just went more and more and more CGI. I hate CGI. Do you know that it's they so actually ugly. hang like real candles on the ceiling? On the first and the second? Whoa. Yeah. That's what I mean. You know, they did it for real. Yeah. So this is really cool. That's what I like about filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character? <laughs> um... I don't think I have a favorite character, but I guess Hermione or even Minerva, Minerva McGonagall. Love um, that. Yeah. I this is the most millennial conversation I've had in so long. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you this have a favorite is... character, Isabella? <sighs> yes, I do. Um, I like serious black. I I was gonna say that <laughs> Dobby is my favorite. You know what? I never liked Severus Snape, and it my beliefs just got reinforced because the actor Ellen Rickman was in that one Christmas movie, Love Actually. Ooh, and he gives his wife a Joni Mitchell CD <laughs> while he's cheating on her. And he gives a nice necklace to some other girl. And I've always hated him. And Oh, yeah. yeah I remember that scene. On that. But you know what? It's acting. Evil characters. It's acting. Yeah. But still, I have negative feelings, negative emotions. I, I haven't watched the movie. I can't really say anything. You haven't seen Love Actually? I don't think I've se- I actually don't think so. <laughs> <gasps> wow. It's one of the best Christmas movies right after um, Eloise at Christmas time. I haven't seen that one. You don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> Little girl lives in the plaza. <laughs> I wish that was me. Isabella's dream. My dream, literally. Bada boom. And we're back from our break. Insert sound here. You're listening to Digital Louvre. Louvre, 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 Louvre. Oh, I love that remix. <laughs> we should definitely do a remix of that. Can we? we I mean, can. if if anyone online wants to do a remix of our jingle, feel free. 
It's on our YouTube page. <laughs> yeah. Link <laughs> down below. Just kidding. We're not going to. We might link it on Substack. Yeah, we might. We'll see. But if you, if you follow us on Substack, you probably already, already know about our YouTube channel. Yeah. So you should follow uh -huh. us on Substack. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, we don't are, follow us. No, just, guys, don't. No, reverse psychology. <laughs> reverse psychology. <laughs> we don't want anyone here. This is a closed community. This is a gated community. Focus, focused on the gated. Gated. Oh my God. Moving on. Yeah. How are you, Padia? What's been going on? What have you been into lately? Oh, I'm going to talk about a book I read. <laughs> Oh no, I love so that I love this. It's like Padia's section. We're in the book club. This is Padia's book club now. The podcast the, is Padia's book club. It's the quadruple. No, it's the quintuple P. It's like Padia's PowerPoint party podcast. <laughs> I am renaming Digital Louvre. That's really great. Yeah. We're rebranding. Padia's PowerPoint party podcast. Okay, and now we're going to hear about a book. I just saw it on your face, Nicholas, as soon as I opened my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she has a monologue ready. He was she giving the look. prepared. He was giving structured. her the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do screen share. <laughs> yes. Do you want to do screen share, Padia? Do you have anything Hello. to show us? No, 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 no. So this PowerPoint is about... <laughs> Is it a, it's, you're talking about a book. Yeah, I'm it's a book, right? A book. Okay. okay, I had completely yes. forgotten. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, good to know you care. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that means I have a lot of questions. Yeah, well, that's great. That's great. We like questions. So um, last year I read this book called The Artist's Way, uh, which really helped me with getting out of this like creative block I had. Oh, so it was really helpful then. Because I feel like a lot really of like, helpful. okay, is it like a guide or more of like a philosophical exploration? I mean, both. Like it's it's a 12-week course and oh. you kind of follow through um, each chapter. So each chapter is about that week. Okay. And that chapter has like 15 pages that you read through that week. And then the last page you follow through the steps. And you start morning journaling. Uh, my sound teacher at at our uni, uh, mm -hmm. she one of the semesters she followed. That was her syllabus. She followed that book with us. So wow. we did the, we did the twelve weeks together as a class, kind of. But my class was really bad at following the assignments. So. Oh yikes! So it is like a it gives you tasks by the end of each chapter. I mean, she gave us the journal as a task. So I think, I think, yes. She also gave us some parts of the book to read. But oh, that's to, be great. On, to be honest, I don't remember much of it. But I, I think Akila, our friend, has mm -hmm. this book actually. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I think a few people in Berlin, just especially in 2020, when, when mm -hmm. the pandemic hit, a lot of creative friends uh, bought this book to yeah. get through. They kind needed motivation. Yes. And it was very helpful for a lot of people. I haven't heard any bad thing about it, actually. I don't know. Did you? How did you experience it, Nicholas? I mean, to be very honest, I, I barely remember, like, the things we did concerning mm -hmm. the book. Like, it was, the class was a lot more um, practical than, than, yeah, than just, like, following a book. 
so mm-hmm. I really don't remember much about the book. Mm. So pass. So pass. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say this reminds me of in the way that's like the journaling part of it. Not that it gave you tasks, but it was someone's journal and because it detailed so much of his creative process, I feel like it was really helpful and really inspiring to for me to like start doing that and start thinking more deeply about what I'm trying to make. It was the Keith Haring journals. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally just got his journals uh, and made a book out of it. And you have wow. basically from right before he got into college and then during his college years, years and all his explorations and the artists that he was going to galleries to see and then books that he was reading from these artists from philosophers and it's just mind-blowing and it's like oh my god I need to do this I need to write everything down yes yeah there's something so tempting about diaries but I can never get myself to like commit yeah I go through stages of it but when you when you do it it's so satisfying you should you should put it as a habit like Bring it into your morning routines, just like to write anything. I, but my mornings morning. are my mornings are so rushed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you wake up like five minutes before you take your bus. <laughs> yeah, I wake oh, up sure. at like I wake up at like seven. I leave the house at like seven o five. Oh wow! You're on that grind <laughs> like, all the I time. Like, I need I need to have the most amount of time possible sleeping. You know. But that, I feel like I that's that. that's a film creative field. <sighs> like guess, being a producer or a filmmaker, that's your that's your life. <laughs> I mean, it's not my life anymore, I guess. No. Maybe one day it'll be. But coming back to this book, uh what's like the the writer's like main creative area? Like is he just a writer? Uh she Julia. Uh, sorry. Cameron. Oh my god. I'm so yeah. sorry. No. Wow, sexist. Nicholas' <laughs> <laughs> face right I'm now. So, is sorry. I am His so face. Sorry. You literally the like the emoji with the teeth just biting down. Yeah. <laughs> she's a she's a poet. She's a fiction writer. A writer, essayist. She's a award winning journalist. She's a filmmaker. <laughs> she's all that. Oh my like, god. She's really That's in sexy. the creative field. Very sexy. Um, she's done it all. She actually did this like the artist way as a workshop in the beginning okay. before writing the book. And um, yeah, that's how the book got creative, if, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I love that because it shows that she's not writing from her own experiences only. Obviously, she's mm-hmm. like done the workshops. She's seen that it works for a lot of people because that's usually an issue that I have with like some self-help books. Not that I'm calling this a self-help book. I don't know if it is, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are like this writer thinks they know everything is trying to apply their experiences to everyone else. And they don't have like a group um, to take away from like a larger mm-hmm. sample size. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Do you guys know who Elizabeth Gilbert, I think her name is? I think so. I don't think so. <laughs> She wrote uh, Big Magic and Eat, Pray, and Love. Oh, the, I read Big Magic. Uh, I know Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so she she actually read this book, The Artist's Way. And in that way, she got inspired to write Eat, Pray, and Love. Oh, that's and, beautiful. And like, go on her journey. Yeah. Found the, 
the artist way book. Mm -hmm. Got into a creative journey with that. That's beautiful. Like, and then uh, she paid it forward with Big Magic. Yeah. Which is also so inspiring. Oh, definitely. Not not to like ruin the mood and everything, but <laughs> Eat, Pray, Love became kind of like a meme, no? It did. The, like, white oh, woman, just, the white woman. The white woman colonizing your, story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just go have your Eat, Pray, Love moment and we'll talk later. We'll talk later. Dude, I feel like I'm always in my Eat, Pray, Love moment. Like every four years. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, yeah it it's a lifestyle. <laughs> I'm always wondering about everything. <laughs> but when is uh, when is the artist way artist's way? When yeah. is it from? It's what, quite what, what it's year? quite recent. No, I think no, it's, it's old. Oh, yeah, because uh, if I it mean, inspired <laughs> Ypres Love, it's pretty. Ninety two, ninety two, ninety two. Okay, it's, nice. it's quite old. Yeah, but it's but the, the, the trial of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what is old? Anywho, going back to the book. So so she has these like different steps that you do. And the thing that you have to do every day throughout those 12 weeks is doing morning pages mm -hmm. where you write three pages of like anything that comes out. And if you have nothing to write, you just write nothing. You have to just fill out those three pages. When you fill out those three pages, weird shit comes out. Like really good shit comes For out as sure. well. So it's... It's a very good practice if you're stuck somehow. I mean, but that's very writing-based, no? Yeah. I can see that working really well for, for a writer, but maybe not like… I mean, I guess I get other artists can adapt to their art. No, mm -hmm. like a painter can do a little bit. Yeah. I mean, what she really wants to say is that you should do a little bit every day, no? Yeah, you do three pages every day. But like those pages doesn't have to be… New ideas comes out of those pages sometimes. Or just like you discovering yourself… In those it's pages. like brainstorming a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you do it every day and it really gives you like a huge impact. But how did that uh, help definitely. you? Oh, it helped me in a lot of ways. Like I, I discovered new things about myself, things that I wanted to do, things I was curious about, just like anything or new ideas like, oh, maybe I should have this in the song or, yeah, you know, just any, was, everything came out. It was like a moment for you to stop and think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Don't you think that like some people could like, how can you say this? Couldn't it be like um, not as effective in some people? Because like I have a hard time figuring out what I want to do really. You know, like there's so much I want to do. So I don't know if this process would actually help me figure out what I want to do. I think it would just give me more ideas of things that I want to do to never accomplish them. So like, how do I make sure that I will accomplish those, all those ideas and all those things I want to? So you know what I, I mean? think, yeah, I think in the beginning, you will feel like that. You will feel like you have too many things that you want to do and accomplish and ideas. But while you write these things every day, three pages, you kind of narrow those, those things down or you just write a list of things that you feel like is more important to pursue. Because there's like these questions or things that she asks in the book, like write 50 things that make you happy. And those 50 things could be, oh, I want to accomplish those things. And then you make sure you, that you do those things as well. I remember that now, actually. I remember these questions in class because I think one of them was like... Um, what are you good at? Or something like that, you know. Oh. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know. I remember one of them really stuck with me. So now that you brought it up, I, I remember the questions. That's crazy. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she has that question too. What are you good at? Like, what do you feel like you're good at? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. that's intense. That's an intense question. But the thing is, like, you can be good at anything if you put your your time into it. Yeah. Yeah. Practice I, makes perfect. Exactly. And then she has these like artist dates that you can go on and now and then and you take yourself on <laughs> that, a date. Oh, I love really, that. That yeah, really that's sounds great. like something you would do. Me? Have you guys been to the movies alone? Yes. No. I have. How was it? I think it's I amazing. went to the movies. I think I went to the movies alone once and it was to see the Great Gatsby as soon as it came out, like 10 in the morning. Do you feel super oh, powerful? Because nice. that's the feeling I, w- I have going to concerts alone. I love I was I, I was alone in the movie theater as well. So I was alone by myself in this huge movie theater. A private screening. Yeah. I love but that. That must be so nice. Like I, I would love to travel alone. But in yeah, a way you have. Traveling. In a way we all have. I have, yeah. I, we all have, yeah. Because we, we moved, moved to different Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. <laughs> But I would like to just like go somewhere for a week or two. Just for fun. Yeah. Just for fun. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'd, I think I'd rather have a really good friend with, Mm -hmm. you know. I think I'd feel anxious because it's a lot of new stuff. It's different from like a short experience, like seeing a movie alone or, you know, going to a concert alone. Yeah. I've been to concerts alone as well. Isn't it amazing? It's nice. It's nice. I mean, when it's a festival, it's no big deal. Like, it's yeah. even better when it's a festival. But I've been to, like, uh, how do you call it? Single concerts, like tour concerts. <laughs> yeah. Alone. And it was nice. I mean, yeah, it was nice. It was also a very small concert. It was cults, actually, you know? Oh. Like, um, what's their Great biggest band? What's their biggest song? I don't know. Um, it's like. Mm. Yeah, I really want to go out. <laughs> I really want to go outside. <laughs> it's those guys. <laughs> That's a chill concert to go to. Can we please auto-tune that? Oh, please. it's called Go Outside. <laughs> go Outside. Um, yeah. So she has that, the artist date. And she also has like this creative affirmation. She wrote those down in some pages in the book that you repeat to yourself or... You write your own affirmations and it's it's a great book. That's what I have to say. <laughs> it sounds really good. I think yeah. now that you've talked about it, I think in our artistic education, I feel like a lot of our tutors maybe took some of those concepts. Oh, definitely. And apply it to classes. And I also remember when I was 18, taking some songwriting classes, um, I definitely had those of like, we called it like free writing, where we had to just mm-hmm. like write. And, but the, I think the mission for that was to separate the artist from the critic. So we mm-hmm. wouldn't think, and then we criticize and think about what we were writing and pick apart later. My, my first class, sorry to interrupt. Now go on. <laughs> My first class um, at uni was literally this as well. My teacher was like, okay, write down three ideas for a movie. And then we wrote down the three ideas and then we talked about it. And then she was like, okay, write three more. <laughs> you know, and that was it. And we just kept going. I love writing exercises. I remember one, which is my favorite. And I still remember to this day, it was a formative experience to me. And we were just in a classroom and we all wrote down 
different emotions and we filled a board with emotions. And mm. then we had to, and then we changed it and shifted our mind completely. And we were like, think about an object. And then we have to like fill the blank. Like this emotion is like the object that we chose. And then write a song from that and work away from that. And you could see how your subconscious was like thinking they were, your subconscious had already linked them together. That's why you were drawn to those words and those objects. Wow. Yeah. This is, this is something we did in acting class as well. We had to like write down all the emotions we could think of. Like we had a lot of these exercises, like all the verbs you can think of, all these things. I love that. It makes my little like romantic heart so happy. It makes me feel like I'm in like the Dead Poet Society or something. <laughs> I mean, I, I love writing because it's kind of like the root of every art. Yeah, kind of, you know, maybe not like photography or painting, but like a movie, you need to write a movie, you know, Mm. a book, I don't know, anything, an email, like your fucking um, shopping list, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's the inherent romance of shopping lists. Dude, I literally there. I made a shopping list once that I thought looked so nice that I still have it in my wallet. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Been two years, and I just I I I kept it because I wanted to frame it. If you think about it, a shopping list can be a poem. Yeah. In the same way that I I saw like a tweet that uh, of a teacher that was teaching like little kids and. They were like, can a poem be really small or whatever? And she's like, yeah, of course. And the little kid wrote down a poem that was just his best friend's phone number. Wow. Like, isn't That's that the adorable. perfect poem? It yeah, is. but you have it has to come with the <laughs> and story. It's, and it's yeah, of course. But it's the same thing of the, like the shopping list. It's like the perfect poem. But so it's simple, like it's what, so perfect. It's what you need or what you want, you know? Yeah. And then, you know. I don't know. There's something sweet about it. It tells something about like the human existence. And it's so individual. It is, but also so universal at the same time. Yeah. Yes. I was about to say that as well. The perfect balance. I don't know. I think you should post this on the Substack. I can post a picture of the Yes, of the shopping shopping list. list. Please do. I think it's a bit ruined by now because it's been two years, but I still have it. That's half the charm. Yeah. The lived in quality of it. What's up with you, Isabella? What have you been, what's been keeping you up at night, as you say? Oh my God. This is your favorite expression, isn't it? You always write it in because your text. I'm, because I'm always up, up at night. night. I'm always up at night thinking and wondering, <laughs> um, contemplating, no, but pondering. Honestly, this is Isabella, me. it was such a pleasure working with you on the cassette diaries. Oh my and God. I. And no, go all on. The writing process, all the writing process with you, it was so much fun. And I don't know, I feel like you you should have been in my film class to do all my projects with me. Oh also, my God. when you were when you were a costume designer. I loved doing that. Project, that went that to my head. Fun. That went and you to did my a head. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the cassette diaries, the writing process, it was really, really fun. I felt insane doing the whole thing. I felt like I was living two separate lives. 
because it was in my head so much. I would like walk around and like those characters were real to me. It's all I could think about. And like they would, they existed to me. I don't know. Yeah. So weird. But it turned out really yeah. great. You both did a really great job. Do you want to talk a bit about it? Or should about we save that for, for, the ne- for the next episode? If you don't know what the Cassette Diaries is, should we, should we link it to the Substack post? Yeah, let's. Yeah, we can save it for later. Yes, I'll just say this: uh, if you want to know what the cassette diaries is, you're gonna have to listen to the next episode. Yes, please do. <laughs> it's my. It's the only thing I've ever done that I'm like super proud of. I don't know. Um, but moving on. <laughs> so, let's talk about the fact that Joe and Didion passed away, and that was a lot for me to take and I felt so embarrassed that that was a lot for me to take because I never felt like I had like a parasocial relationship to any celebrity. I'm someone who like prides myself in like loving the work and connecting with the work but not like I don't know connecting with the person behind it. Um but I felt that with Miss Didion and it was funny because just a couple of days before that, I was looking for a physical copy of her book that I was reading. I was reading the ebook, but I liked it so much. It was Play It As A Lace that I was like, I have to go and find a physical copy. I couldn't find the physical copy. I was really upset. Two days later, I'm having my breakfast. I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see the headline that she passed away. And immediately, I kid you not, I out loud went, no. And my mom was like, what happened? Who died? And I was like immediately so embarrassed. And I was like, Joe and Didion. Someone I do not know, but I love her books and I love her so much. And I've watched her documentary countless amounts of times. It was like my comfort piece of media, I guess. And so I basically finished reading Play It As A Lace two days later. And it was Christmas Day. Which play it as a lace. It's such a funny thing to finish reading on Christmas Day because it's such a quote unquote, I guess, depressing book. Because as Joan Didion says, ooh, it's about coming to terms with meaninglessness and the meaninglessness of life. Um, but because it was like Christmas Day and in Brazil it's summer, I was also reading, I've been listening to Solar Power by Lord a lot. And I knew that she had been inspired by Didion, some of her pieces, writing that. Um, but then Mood Ring is also a song about feeling nothing. Like I can feel a thing. I keep looking at my mood ring. And I was like, this is so interesting how relevant this still is. And then to me, I got to the point where I was like, I don't think this is about... She did say it was about coming to terms with meaninglessness. But to me, it's more about using that feeling of feeling nothing and of feeling like everything's meaningless as a coping mechanism. And I felt it was so interesting that this is such a cyclical feeling. I feel like every generation goes through that. And it made me feel better because before I was like, oh, everyone's feeling like nothing matters anymore and people aren't working as hard for change as echoed in Lord's solar power. But I was like, everyone feels that way as they grow up in my opinion and you realize that the changes you can make are small and that is okay and people will always be feeling like that so that was comforting for me to like make the connection between those two works and yeah 
I mean, play it as late is beautiful besides the like depressing part. It's a like a great psychological study on a woman that's like really close to her breaking for to her breakdown. It's mwah, chef's kiss. That reminds me a bit of Sylvia Plath, actually. Yeah, it it echoes for sure that same feeling. Oh, interesting. I really don't know much about Didion either, but when I saw the news that she had passed away, I you were the first person I thought of. I was oh, like, oh no, Isabella. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't even talk about it too much in the group chat. I was like, yeah, that happened. Heart emoji. And I was just like thinking, contemplating, pondering. Staying up at but night. Can you just like summarize who she is for, because, yeah, just yeah. for context? Of course. Yeah. She's uh, an amazing writer, an, an essayist originally, uh, but also she, yeah, a nonfiction and fiction um, basically chronicled American life in the 60s and 70s, which a lot of people say that's the view that we have of. America in the 60s and 70s because of what she wrote, um, basically chronicling um, the dysfunction of society. Um, and she does the same in her fiction, to be honest, of the fiction that I've read. I think Play It As Lay is the first work of fiction that I've read of hers. But um, yeah, just incredibly classy writer. Pretty short sentences to the point. She learned basically how to write by... Um, typing down Ernest Hemingway's sentences. And I read Hemingway way before I read Didion. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> But Didion makes it better because she just has, in my opinion, like I like her way more than Hemingway, I think because of like, I'm closer to her point of view than I ever was to Hemingway's point of view. But I think she has such a, a sense of humor And she keeps the lightness and the heaviness of what she talks about. But she wrote for Vogue, no? She started out at Vogue writing copy. And what's fascinating is that she wrote these, you know, uh, in photo shoots, you would have like the tiny descriptions of what was on the page, what the model was wearing and what was on the background. And she wrote those tiny things. And in those tiny things, you can already see her style forming itself. That's fascinating. Like 50 words less. And you're like, oh my God. Like she was, she was already it. She was already doing it way back then. She was. Yeah. It's the self-respect, its source, its power, right? Yeah. That was the first, I think, essay she wrote for Vogue. And I feel like mm -hmm. that changed everything. And I still look back to that now and it's like, how can it still, I mean, I think that's for a lot of writing. Writing is so immortal in some ways. And a lot of things, a lot of art doesn't age as well as writing does sometimes. And you're like, how can this still be so relevant? How can this still be a lesson to be learned all the time? You know, you know the the Portuguese people, they brought someone, this person on the sh on their ships to, to Brazil to just document everything, just write everything down. Yeah. And they still have these documents. They still have the document describing the day that they arrived at the beaches in Brazil. And you oh can read God. it in Portuguese. It's on the internet. It's online. Wow. It's crazy. And you feel that. I feel like I, when, I, when I'm writing a lot, when I'm journaling a lot, I almost, it's almost like an obsession to like get everything right because you don't, just forgetting is it's such a, a sad thing. Like an, it, when I'm, this happens to like high 
energy moments, moments when things there's a lot of change and I need to write everything down. And then you'll look back and you read those journals and it's like, oh, this is good. This There's a point to doing this. Yeah, I feel like that happens with a lot of things. Like sometimes I see a, like a sweater or something and then I'm like, oh, my friend gave me that sweater and like three years ago when I was feeling like that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, art is all about the emotion, the emotional connection. No? Yeah, 100%. Not to go back to Didion, but um, well, on one of her essays on keeping a notebook, which is also one of my favorite passages of anything she's ever written. And she's writing about how her recollection of things is so subjective to her feelings to the point where family members would tell her, like, this is not what happened. You got the details all, all wrong. The birthday party that you said was for you was never for you. We didn't have this type of cake. But because that was how it felt to her, that was what happened. Like, because she felt yeah, it was, that's... because she felt summer was ending, she, her memory basically built itself around the fact that it snowed where she was at the end of the summer. And I feel like that happens I mean, she said it as a unique thing to her, which it for sure was, but I feel like everyone does that to some extent. We mold our memory to our feelings. I mean, that sounds like a big psychological discussion. <laughs> and I don't want to get into it, but... <laughs> I mean, I have no, I have no like, uh, background. To, <laughs> to, I, I mean, I completely understand what you're saying. I understand yeah. how, like, I have heard about the mind filling in, like, these memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it sounds crazy. It does, but haven't uh, you felt no way? Ever? Don't don't you have a memory where you're like this doesn't make sense? This couldn't have happened, but it feels like it happened to me. Mm-hmm. I have it with my previous roommates. Um, I have it with my sister sometimes. My mom and her sister have it a lot, where yeah. they remember things completely differently. Yeah, from the same event, you know. Yeah, I but love that. Me personally, you don't. Not so much. I don't think. I have the too much, I think. I don't know. I think <laughs> my too. I like concocting narratives that that fit that fit fit me best. I don't know. But then then are some things that are so completely random that are like, how could my mind have made this up? And I guess it was just it was pure wishful thinking. I wanted it so badly that the childhood memory formed itself as perfect. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like an instinct, natural thing, you know, yeah. to make us cope better. Back from our break. Bada boom. And I want to give my shout out now. Oh yeah, let's give... do shout out. Let's move on. I, I am telling you guys, I will do my shout out now. Do it. <laughs> My shout out, I think you probably know because I might have talked to you guys about him before, but he's a YouTuber and he lives in Berlin. And I think he's American. If I think he's American. And he has this like character. His name is Daniel, but his character is called Daniel. And he lives in Berlin. And he says that everything is it's so Berlin and it's really funny. And I think you all should just like, I think if you know Berlin, if you know Berlin culture, you will find this funny. Might not be your type of humor, but I think he's 
a really good comedian. Especially, I'll give a, a, a specific shout out on okay. his channel. There's like the New Year's resolution shout out. Okay. Where he in the beginning of 2020, 2021, he recorded his his resolution for the for 2021. So now 2021 is over. So he did like a react of that video and said what came true and what didn't. And it's really funny. Okay. <laughs> I really, I really hope I bump into him on the street one day. <laughs> I mean, after the pandemic, I'm sure he'll have a meet and greet, right? Or is that a thing of the past of YouTubers I mean, long gone? I, girl, uh, who knows? The pandemic's not even over. Who knows when it will be? Yeah. But, okay, funny. It was funny guy. <laughs> Daniel, me, yes. Yeah, me trying to move I'll, on uh, quickly from talking about COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll, uh, you'll know what you know. You know where to find the link. Do I have to say it again? It's Substack. Digitalouv.substack.com. You're listening to Digital Louvre. Louvre, Louvre, Louvre. Cute, cute jingle. Cute jingle. Um, my shout out this week is. A little funny. I don't know if you're if you're a stranger listening to this, you might not think it's funny. But if you know me, I think it would be funny. I don't know if you guys are getting things funny, but it's a book by Thich Nhat Hanh called "The Heart of Understanding," and it's basically explaining a Buddhist like Buddhist teaching, Buddhist principles for dummies, I guess, because it's very simple. It's very and you're reading subtle. that? I finished reading it, and it was so good. And um, it's just a beautiful book, I think, regardless of the Buddhist teachings of like non-duality and of seeing everything as a part of everything and being empty in the context of empty of a separate self, not in terms of like empty period. And I think that ties in with reading Play It As It Lays and listening to Mood Ring and thinking about these concepts uh, and media that relates to that feeling of emptiness and how that can actually be everything so yeah you know um when i was in high school in denmark i went to the library and then i found this book that was called like buddha and his teachings oh. and then i was like oh wow that's so cool well i'll take it home and there was no library or anything you could just take the books home mm-hmm. and then so i kind of like stole the book in a oh way you know like yeah <laughs> I low-key stole the book like I I don't know I didn't I was just like I'll take this it's in the library whatever I go to school here like I still have that book by the way (laughs) you fully took it with you never returned it but if if anyone from that school is listening to it to this podcast which I doubt (laughs) (laughs) if someone from that school is uh, I can return it if it's really important but I don't think anyone was reading that book anyway you're a fugitive of the law. But the point of the story was yeah. that I got home and then I opened the book and the first page said, the first rule of Buddhism is not to steal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm done. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's crazy. I'm serious. I'm going to find that book and show it to you guys. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> what about Padia? What is your... Well, I have another spiritual book. Nice. It's it's called The Power of Now. And it's written by a very brilliant German philosopher. 
I only have a struggle saying that word in English. How say is it, it in, in your, Swedish? Say, yeah, say it in your languages. <laughs> I love it. You sound like a mafia boss. <laughs> like you're sitting in like a big chair. And you have... Me? No, Panya. Ah. Guys, has a cigar. no, I'm going to change my shout out. My okay. shout out. There's <laughs> another one. Keep them going. No, my shout out is um, the Godfather. Oh my God. Oh my God. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. Michael Corleone <laughs> did nothing wrong. I can't say how much I love those movies. Yeah. <laughs> Such a brilliant movie. I had brilliant. no idea about this, Padia. You have <laughs> no never idea. seen The Godfather? I have never. <gasps> Nicholas, you need to rectify that right now. It's time. Know. It's know, time. Seriously. Start today. <sighs> it's just everyone has hyped it up so much that I'm bound to be disappointed. You're not going to be. Young no. Al Pacino is everything. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, I'll definitely try to watch it with a with a, an unbiased mind. Do it. Do it. Please and do you're going to… You're really… I, I don't know if it's just me, but you really… I mean, I guess that's the point of it. You really root for him. And for all of them, even though they do terrible things. But I'm like, I've Michael Corleone so is innocent. He did nothing wrong. All he did was to protect the people he loved. Exactly. What, uh, <laughs> which one is the one that Sofia Coppola is in? The third one, I want to say. Or the second one. Not the first one. You know this okay. better than me. And how many are there? Four, Ooh. three, four, five. Big question. Wait. Big question. <laughs> oh, damn, it's a Harry Potter situation. <laughs> But for a different generation. I think there are three. Or at least the three. Yeah, I think three. Right? But if I had to give another shout out, I'd quickly give a shout out to a band three. called The Pierces. The what? Okay. There are three there are three Godfather movies, guys. If you guys didn't now, know. Now we know. Now yeah. we know. Now we know. Now we all know. <laughs> but uh <laughs> no, the the band is the Pierces. I've been listening to them a lot. They have this like kind of country pop indie vibe. They do I I think they do the um, the intro for Pretty Little Liars. <gasps> Got a secret. Yes. Can you keep it? Oh my god, I listened to them when I was young because they did that, but I loved their songs. I, like, I, I love like them. Like I've oh been listening to them this year so much already. Amazing. Yeah. I got so excited yeah. when you said country. I feel like <laughs> I was the only person living in Berlin that was like, actually, there's something about old <laughs> <You country were. laughs> music. <laughs> so if I have to give a second shout out, I like to shout out the band Valley Queen because they do amazing like 70s Fleetwood Mac sounding rock, mm. but with touches of country because they're from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um and they have stunning lyrics. I still like listen to Puritan, which was one of the first songs I heard by them. And I'm like, that's beautiful. That's intense. So anyway, I recommend Puritan. And I can't believe they're not, they haven't blown up yet. Uh, if I have, have to recommend, look. if I, I, I want to check them out, Isabella. I, I'm looking forward to that link. Are, are but... they from, from like this year or? Um, I think... This song is from 2017, but they're okay. still releasing things right now today. They still haven't like gotten their break yet for some reason. But I clearly remember this one day in the studio at Uni Isabella where you showed me Hayloft. Oh my god, yeah. I think that was during the the recording of 
said it that was. eventually. Yeah. It was. But that song stuck with me. I still listen to it. Aww. <laughs> it's so nice. What kind of song is it? Angsty? Like angsty teen mm. rock. Yeah. We love that. I don't know. <laughs> but do we have any other shout outs to give? Yeah, we'll give them in the in the next episodes. Let's save our, yeah, our let's good ones. Let's save our recommendations for later. You'll have to mm-hmm. stick yeah. around and find There's out. There's so many. So many. So is this the end? Shall we say goodbye and see you later? We shall. I guess this is the end, friends. We'll talk to you very soon. And if you haven't subscribed to the Substack account yet, you should. Because we'll be posting... Various things throughout Various the Various things. Various things. Delicious things. Interesting things. Of every sort. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and just this is just a personal question. Let me know if you guys want some drag race content because that's let's yes. be honest, that's what's that's what gets you popular on YouTube. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no, all the drag race content. So if you want some drag race content, let me know. Yeah. Nicholas can I can do I can do maybe a, a subscribers only like drag, drag race, race commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just give us some feedback. We'll <laughs> we'll adapt to you. We're welcoming. So goodbye. 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 <laughs>